you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Around the NFL Podcast has an open tab at Huckapoo's. Here we are in beautiful San Francisco, California, the site of Super Bowl 50. Well, Santa Clara, but here we are, the big day. This is Dan Hansis with the rest of the Around the NFL podcast team, we have Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal, and I have a, a, a comment to make. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? Whoa. I love this. Well, a little bit of controversy right off the bat. <laughs> okay. What? We had declared over various forms of social media, texting, Slack, no jackets for this show. Whoa. Then Dan, in the final minute, appears in a jacket. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways... Sometimes with Sessler, things in his mind are not how the society views them at large. <laughs> I think there was a conversation about wearing suits at the Super Bowl, mm. which and the agreement was let's not wear suits. Now this I was year. talking about the podcast. Now the podcast. the podcast, I was not aware that it was a no jacket zone. Well, our superior just weighed in. So who's that? Greg. Well, we've been waiting. We've been seeing. You Greg's know, we, actually our boss. Yeah, <laughs> we oh. see. You know, Dan, he gets the Redkin. He's now got an endorsement, his sponsor. Mm. Um, he's the host. He's just been getting a little more. Now he's making his power move. This he's, is the move. He's the front man. This is, the, uh, this is a big stage. We're literally on a stage right now, so why not try to look your best? Maybe you can learn from you guys. And if you're All listening right, well. on audio to describe it, I mean, we are right in the middle of Radio Row, surrounded by uh, who? Some of the big radio and Some of the TV great talent luminary. of the country. Jay Moore is here. I saw Anthony Munoz walking by. Tony Munoz. Boomer Esiason. A lot of Bengals. Jason Whitlock. All of them. <laughs> Mike Florio. It's Some Tuesday. It's pretty, it's pretty early in the week. So, you know, not a lot of the guys are coming, but it's heating up. Yeah, so we got in on Sunday um, as a group, and it was a little different this year because Media Day, which used to be on uh, Tuesday morning traditionally, was moved and turned into a gargantuan primetime event. 
uh, a rechristened Super Bowl opening night, which uh, was kind of a weird name. Uh, but we attended that on Monday night at the SAP Center, the same place where uh, Greg Jason Mraz played to a sold-out house oh. in September of 2012. One of the classic <laughs> Mraz shows of all time. And I was amazed when we walked in and we saw the people that had played there, that Jason Mraz could fill up this place because it was huge. There's a lot of fans there. I'm always a little confused about the fans at media night, like what exactly they're doing. But it was a we had a good time. At, uh, we did. Night. I don't know if the fans know when they go in. What are they expecting? And what, I love to do an exit interview with what they experienced. Was it up to snuff? I, it's I an know. odd event. I mean, it is what I it is. I did at one point. I did take a, a video of just the audience. And I thought, oh, this might be good for my blog, View from the 50. At, nice and here's the vanity URL, NFL.com slash View from the 50. Uh, but... Then I thought, oh, shadowy league figures might not like the idea of writing about, well, what kind of fan experience is media night or open So night. instead we'll talk about it on a sponsored podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, we'll, work get, we'll get more into Super Bowl opening night on today's show. Uh, we're going to talk about some news. There is some news. And, Mark, even you couldn't get further away from the Cleveland Browns than Super Bowl week. And yet we're going to talk about those Browns. Yeah, it feels. Big news at quarterback. It, it feels like a suspicious uh, side bet made by the NFL at my expense, but we'll wage on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll also play one of our favorite games, uh, What's More Likely, uh, uh, some Super Bowl talk, uh, because there is a game at the end of the week, guys. Panthers, Broncos. Uh, so we look forward to that, and we're all building towards that day. This also, by the way, Wes, is one year ago. Last time we did a show from Radio Row, where we are here at the Moscone Center this year, uh, you did eat a, a hideous hot dog contraption <laughs> with your own softball pants in them. Because of, of course, uh, losing your Oakland Raiders bet. I think if you're no, watching, no, no, this was the Browns again. <laughs> this was, it was oh, the, the Brian, Brian Hoyer, Hoyer Johnny related. Manziel proposition. Wow! And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you could uh, check out uh, some memories right now of that special time for Wes. What did that hot dog taste like? I only took one bite. It tasted like a hot dog. It tasted a little on the uh, material side. With Here it is. Look, we're if you're of- watching on YouTube. Couple of zippers, some composite parts in there. There was composite parts. Look, you're dumping uh, the old Zeuser is dumping it on there. Here's the handoff. And look at Wes, like a champion. Oh wow! I, check that out on YouTube uh, for a walk down memory lane. It's a did disturbing you get, image. Did you do any bathroom time, extra bathroom time that night? Not to get too specific. No, it's just normal. Okay, good. One comment: We all look strikingly more handsome a year later. Trending up <laughs> better now. Interesting. The looks okay. department. Okay. Interesting. I like that. So that's disagree? what's coming up. On uh, Thursdays, or what is today? I don't even know what today. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, listen, it's a little weird when you're trying to do a show and there's a lot of people milling around and Rihanna's like blasting in the background at high decibel volumes. None of those people is the old Zeuser. They just wish they were. Well, I, I, I like want to do every podcast with Rihanna blasting in the background. <laughs> Pretty much I want to live my life that Well, it's way time to be on. professionals. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's get to the news because there is a lot of news to talk about. This offense ain't mega. You know it. And keep joining football. Yes, Johnny Football. We, can, we cannot avoid Johnny Manziel, who uh, we knew his future was in doubt. Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport, had reported uh, earlier this or last month that um, the new Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, had decided he did not want anything to do with Johnny Manziel, the former first-round pick. Uh, but now we have more clarity on the issue. Rappaport reported Tuesday the team will cut Manziel after the new league year begins on March 9th. Here's a statement uh, from our friend. You know, we love him. Ladies and gentlemen, for one night only, Sashi. 
Sashi Brown. We've been clear about expectations for our players on and off the field. Johnny's continued involvement in incidents that run counter to those expectations undermines the hard work of his teammate and the reputation of our organization. So, Sashi. This is after another uh, domestic incident, Mm -hmm. Mark. And they're moving on. We knew this was going to happen, but now we have a date when it's going to happen. Your thoughts? Well, it's a strong statement. And there haven't been a lot of strong statements like this by the Browns over the last 10, 15, 20 years. I like it. Because what it's saying is you cannot continue to capsize this organization with your off-field shenanigans. He's got to go get his life right. And he can go do that on his own, but not at the expense of one of the 32 teams in the NFL, and certainly not the Browns. It's not the way this, they wanted this to go, but I think they're, they're getting out of it, saving some face. It's a new turn for Cleveland under Hugh Jackson. Well, how strong can it be? They, he forced their hand. To me, strong would have been during the season. I think a lot of people, including their former head coach, Mike Pettin, would have wanted to cut him a lot sooner. Yeah. To me, they reached the point with Manziel incident after incident he let them down he didn't show enough on the field either I think if he played outstanding they might be they might be more understanding but it's amazing to think even since the last time he played what's happened the Vegas trip and now this incident it's hard like we want to joke about it on some level but it's a guy who in the last year has had a couple domestic incidents and has been in rehab so it's clearly beyond just football I mean he seems like he's sick and yeah the Browns, are, they're making the right move here, but they've, it's been made easy by Manziel, like Greg was saying. I guess my only question, Mark, uh, about this is you do have one of your uh, Browns DNA moves is that you fear players leaving the team and then becoming great somewhere else. But we don't even know, and Wes, you wrote a post about it uh, today on Around the NFL, whether he'll even get a job. It's a social media story as much as a football story, I think. If you compare Brett Favre in 1991 before the Internet age, he, he's quoted as saying, I tried to drink Atlanta dry. Jerry Glanville is quoted as saying, I couldn't sober him up, so I had to send him basically to the NFL's outpost in Green Bay before the Packers were good. Favre in 91 is comparable in that sense to Johnny Manziel now, but it's such a social media story. Everything Johnny Manziel does is tabloid fodder now, and I think in a different era, the Browns wouldn't be cutting bait with him. Hmm. Is he on a NFL roster September 1st? I think so, yes. I mean, September 1st is an interesting date to put because... That's why be, I chose it. Could he be suspended? <laughs> I mean, that that's possible. Could mm. they could they wait? Like, we don't know how this offseason is going to go. I tend to think a team like the Cowboys, for instance, is going to give him a chance to make the team as a, as a backup quarterback. This is a guy who still looked okay in his starts last year. He didn't look great, but he didn't look bad either. Well, yeah, there are reports out there, too, that the interest has dried up because people simply can't trust this guy and that you're bringing in much more than just a developmental quarterback. You're bringing in all the extra attention. So it's going to take a team that really was willing to embrace all that. All the people in Dallas who convinced Jerry Jones not to draft Johnny Manziel are still there. Yeah. I don't know if that's a a no brainer that he's just going to end up with the Cowboys. I'm worried about the homeless guy in Cleveland. Uh, what Brown's management might do to that guy. Well, I think I mean, he's, what can you take away from a guy that already has nothing? He has other issues to deal with probably ahead of this. Right, it let's... is sad, though, to think about just a couple of years ago, this clip was brought in a little a oh. little hurtfully into our Slack channel. Um, that's how we communicate. The, the YouTube Quit slacking. Sign up for Slack today. Our YouTube channel uh, of Dan Hansis, you can look it up. Oh, yeah. Mark Sessler. It, we have a video of you a couple of years ago. We're playing this now. No, no. I'm <laughs> okay, just saying good. that of you getting almost teary-eyed and well. so excited. Like, are like just I'm I'm talking seriously as a fan. Like from that moment two years ago to now, 
Well, I don't and it's know. telling that I feel very little about the decision at this point that he's worn a lot yeah. of fans that dry. There was another fan that we that Dan famously made famous on another post, the guy flipping out oh, I love that, in a dude. Cleveland bar. I think a lot of people felt that way. Yeah. He brought hope, but now it's the opposite. Tony so. Grossi made a good point. He said that was the highlight of the Manziel era. That was the peak, yeah. really, was, was that hope that day. All right, let's talk about another high-profile player, this guy that actually did something worthy on a football field in the NFL. His name is Calvin Johnson, and uh, right when we landed in San Francisco on Sunday, the report came out from ESPN that Calvin Johnson was now telling the Lions that he was not planning uh, to play uh, in 2016, that it was retirement time, that he was serious about this. Ian Rappaport reports that Lions coaches and staff are looking to find a way to bring him back into the fold. It sounds like it's a desperation time for a Lions team that's about to lose another Hall of Famer close to his prime. It's crazy that he called the Ford family, you know, who's paid him over these years and thanked him for everything. And he he said goodbye and told his coaches, he told some players, including Matthew Stafford, that he planned to retire. I still think all of this came in the week after the season, and that's different than actually retiring. To me, he has not retired yet. Him telling people that that week is much different than him walking away from the money. It's fascinating how the story has turned from the Lions will probably ask him to take a pay cut to now begging him to try to come back. Mm. So he's managed to change that narrative a little bit. But I, it was interesting. I talked to Nate Burleson in the hallway a couple weeks ago. and he Name said, dropper. Well, Classic. Nate, a, a good friend of Calvin Johnson. And Humble he said, brag. take this seriously because <laughs> – Calvin Johnson doesn't eat, sleep, and drink football like everyone else. Mm. And he doesn't mm. want to play if he's not the most dominant wide receiver on the field. That's important to him. And he really hasn't been uh, – it's injuries related and based, but he really hasn't been the same level of dominance since that incredible season, what was it, in 2011 uh, or 12, when he uh, set the catch record. I mean, he, he's still, what, a top 10 receiver? But if he needs to be the number one guy, I think people have passed him. Yeah, I mean, it, I, when this first came, came out at the, near the end of the season, I, I, was, I didn't buy a word of it. I thought this is just a frustrated player, and there's a lot to be sorted out. It's getting closer to the point where what Nate Burleson says carries a lot of weight because if he doesn't really put football number one in his life, then you're at that age where why not leave and have a wonderful career to look back on? And very few players in NFL history have made more money in their first, what is it, 10 or 11 years now than Calvin Johnson has. He... he caught the tail end of the top of that salary cap money when you were draft pick, and then his contract, he's been by far the highest played player. I just realized, guys, and this is important, that I gave a, a nice shout-out to Slack. Redkin got a nice pop. But really, when it comes down to it, Mark, do you like money? Oh, sure I do. Okay, here's a question. Wes, are you paying attention to this? Do you want more money? <laughs> yes, I would. Well, you better sign up with Scott. Good buddy of mine, Scott Trade. Getting right on that. I would just like some money. <laughs> well, that, Calvin Johnson should be going to Scott Trade. He, you know, he doesn't have to do anything the rest of his life. He just goes to Scott and he takes care of it. If you want to make large sums of money investing, <laughs> Scott Trade. All right, let's move on. We think Calvin Johnson could be retiring, but one guy we know is retiring is Justin Tuck, the longtime Giants uh, pass rusher, announced his retirement from the NFL on Monday. Here's his quote: "After months of praying and careful consideration, I have decided to retire." From the game of football, I've had 11 great years, and honestly, I leave with very few regrets, uh, and he shouldn't leave with any regrets. He won two Super Bowls with the Giants, was one of the linchpins of that defense that beat the Patriots twice, the New England Patriots, Greg, and, uh, you know, had some nice years, was all pro one year, went to the Raiders and made a ton of dough, 
and now he's gone. Wes, how will you remember Justin Tuck, the player? Well, I remember the regret that he should have. Eli Manning's got both of his Super Bowl MVP trophies. Hubba hubba. <laughs> That's a good call. He definitely could have gotten one, and he's someone, I think, having lived in New York for pretty much his whole career in New York, he's a legend there. Like, some of those, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame day, uh, the Hall of Fame when he retires, but you guys know guys that are kind of city guys, they're legends in their town. They'll always be known sort of as true members of that team. And to me, Justin Tuck is the Giants. Like, he, almost more than anyone but maybe Eli Manning, defines that era. Maybe even more than Michael Strahan, you think of Dustin mm. Tuck. Well, I mean, that I'll never forget before that Giants-Patriots Super Bowl when Gil Brandt, GM, Cowboys, been around forever, came up. We asked him who's going to win this game, and he said it's the Giants, and it's not Eli Manning. It is the pass rush. And they put a hurt on Tom Brady in that second Super Bowl. I mean, they really were very good defensively. I know we like to – I mean, he spent most of his career with the Giants, and that's where everything important happened in his career. But we've kind of ripped on Reggie McKenzie, at least I have over the years. And I think it's pretty neat that he brought in Charles Woodson and Justin Tuck to transition them from a really young, bad team to a team that's on the brink now, possibly making a playoff run. And I think Justin Tuck and Charles Woodson were important to them. Mm. And Connor Orr, who has a good relationship with Justin Tuck, laid it out that Justin Tuck's been working at a hedge fund for multiple years already. This is not... So, Why doesn't he work at Scott Trade? Right, he should, he should work at Scott Trade, but I maybe eventually. I love Scott Trade so much because you can make a lot of money investing with that business. Why would you not work there if you had that skill set? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Uh, yes. All right. So, moving on, guys. Really good work, guys. I mean, we're going to get a call from Scott. He's like, guys, killed it again. <laughs> nice job. Uh, we should touch on this. This is a little bit dusty as a news item, but... We've been out of the rotation for a few days. The Chargers uh, have announced that they will stay in San Diego for at least the 2016 season. They're trying to work out this situation in the city. Um, there's still you know, a lot of arrows pointing to them ending up playing in Inglewood uh, with the Rams in Los Angeles, perhaps as soon as next year. But they're going back to San Diego, uh, creating obviously a strange situation uh, for both the city and the players and the organization uh, but maybe if I'm listen, if I'm a fan in San Diego, a Chargers fan, I look at it as good news because that means there's still a chance. You're right, but it's such a strange situation. How are they going to react? They they didn't show up to the games last year. Are they going to show up more now that they've already got one foot out the door? You would hope they can figure it out because they belong in San Diego. But they did not have much of a choice. What were they going to do for 2016? No one really. It's not like the stadium that the Rams are building is going to be is ready anytime soon. So you would have had to figure out a place for the Rams to play. Presumably, it's the Coliseum, and a place for the Chargers to play. It would have been a, it would have been a mess. They didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, I mean, I feel for this fan base uh, a lot because you've got players challenging them to come to games next season, and that and that's fine if you're a player. But if you're a fan, you have to just feel stuck in limbo in the middle here. This is a, We pointed this out before. This is a franchise that has been in San Diego for over 50 years, longer than the Browns were in Cleveland when they moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. The NFL wants this team to stay in San Diego in a new stadium. Dean Spanos wants a new stadium in San Diego. They just have to work with the city well, to then, make, a, make hey, it work. Well, then build it. Like, that is right. an option. You're an NFL owner. It's, it's a great Get it done. business. Build it or find someone will, that can. Let me give a, a kind of a, a little peppier version because you do get your team and there is hope. San Diego Superchargers. San Diego Superchargers. 
That, sh- that should keep them going for at least another season. I wish, little jingle you just I wish provided. we had a TD ISO cam. Our, uh, our longtime producer, of course, TD, is, is helping us out. He's near the set. TD on the ones and, and the twos look, on the And the look right of now. horror on his face when Dan started <laughs> singing that song. What is that guy doing? He's like, either way, <laughs> we don't need to do that. Uh, so There he is. Ah, look at him. Thanks, TD. Handsome man. Uh, all right. That's what's happening in the news today, one thing I'll also miss about Justin Tuck, by the way, one of the more uh, middling Subway sponsorships of all time <laughs> featured a late period Justin Aren't they Tuck. All? Middling's good in that situation. Past, past the prime RG3. I think there was like a Raul Alegre was maybe in the in the. Well, you're, mi- you're bearing the lead, but yes, those were all problematic sponsors. Who was, why am I bearing the lead? There's we another sponsor we don't want to talk about right now. It was a disaster. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, that's it. So now let's get into Super Bowl opening night, Ooh. Uh, which took place at, like I said, Jason Mraz, the place that basically it's his home away from home. Shark country. The <laughs> SAP Center, or maybe the SAP Center. Don't know what the, the denizens of San Jose refer to their arena as, but it's a nice facility. And uh, it was the home of, remember, somehow Super Bowl opening night made all past media days, and this is the fifth one, uh, that we've covered, and Mark and I have covered. Uh, this is the fifth one now, and this everything else looks humble in retrospect. Oh, yeah, this this took it to a whole new level. I mean, it, w- it started off by having to drive around 120 minutes to get to it, but it was worth the wait. It was, it was, a, it was I was the best organized of them all, in my opinion, and it was the least chaotic. That's my take, and that's what I'm looking for. Less chaos, better organization. Don't be smirched that bus ride. I got a whole... 15, 20 minute conversation with Dan about the OJ Simpson miniseries. Oh, I'm up. so excited about it. I asked my wife Emily <laughs> to DVR it. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip through that when I get home. Before we really start talking about the events of Media Night and what happened uh, today, Tuesday, though, it's time to bring on. We call her a friend of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, some people call her Connie Fox. Um, we call her somebody that we could trust, a real hero herself. And uh, she's making her way Hello. towards us right now. Oh, my hey. goodness. There she is. Wow. Welcome. Colleen Wolf sits with us. And this would be the, as you sit down in the white chair uh, next to Mark Sessler. I wish we had an awkward ISO cam. Wait, listen. What an entrance. So I missed the entire podcast so far because I was just talking to two listeners. And mm. they were so excited that you guys are here. And they Aww. love you guys. And it's Robert and Andrew. And they oh, wanted Robert to say and hi. Robert they also and Andrew. wanted to Bobby. say I uh, want to tell the old Zeuser that the Wolfpack is coming for his job. I, s- I don't know. <laughs> I'm just wow. saying that happened. Yeah, so Colleen, a- Colleen's, you know, this may be her final time on the show, <laughs> depending on how <laughs> truly threatened I am by her abilities as a host. Wow. Uh, but, so we got fans here. Who was our, the, the gentleman at the restaurant on Sunday night? Oh, yeah, uh, the sommelier at um, got Slanted rubber- Door. Yeah, what a good a man fan. he was. He this was has been fan. the best week of Dan's life because he measures weeks of his life based on how many people have come up and recognized him independently. So for the first 30, 33 years, they were all bad weeks. Lately, they're That's picking weird. up. There's four or five, five Wait, people so that, are just coming up to you. That tops him being recognized by his newborn son. Well, did, did you just not get a sure text message or something? I was checking the name. Uh, are, Joe. are we boring you? No, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe What's the wine guy. There? Joe the wine guy. At the slanted guy. door. Uh, we talked to him. We've talked to some other listeners. I don't remember that part of the night. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Colleen, welcome uh, to the show. Hey, how about this? You and guys. you are the queen of the social media command center 
here at Super Bowl. Aww, I am. It's uh, it's been it's been crazy. A lot of stuff going on, and we're like right in Super Bowl City. So there's been concerts and mariachi bands, and there was like a step show of some sort, I think, earlier. And that's separate from where we are right now. It's very confusing. Yeah. Colleen, here's the awkward ISO cam if you're watching on YouTube. Oh, awesome! It's so great to be here. It never gets less awkward. <laughs> there we are. Uh, so let's talk about, if you don't mind, Colleen, and we're, you're going to sit in with us the rest of the show. Yes. Maybe join us for a little What's More Likely. Ooh. So maybe think one up in your mind Okay. Right now. All right. Okay. I can do that. Uh, but let's talk about, let's start with Peyton Manning because that's the story this week. That is the big story. Last year was the Flakegate and will Marshawn Lynch talk and is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever if he wins, blah, 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 blah. This year it's kind of a singular storyline. The end of the road for Peyton most likely uh, Rap Sheet reported this week that he t- he's been telling close friends he expects to retire. And uh, uh, Colleen, we'll start with you on this. The fact that he is he's letting it draw out is probably the smart move because if he said like on Sunday I'm retiring, this game we wouldn't even be thinking about the game. That would be all anybody would be talking about. Yeah. So it, actually, like, thank you, Peyton, for drawing this out. So we, oh, don't, would have been we don't have to do that. I know. I know. And I like that. He was like, I, I guess it's all stemming from his comments about how this might be his last rodeo to Bill Belichick after the game. But last night at media night when he was like, no, I, I, I meant that I might join the rodeo. I've been, you got it all <laughs> wrong. You totally missed this point bits. there. I'm serious. Well, he's a hilarious gentleman. He, yeah, you know, he is. But, I mean, this is, if, if I think he is obviously, I think he's going to retire, don't you guys? Well, hold on. I mean, if they win this game, he is insane to come back. This yeah. is this is I what agree. every athlete in the NFL would dream. The dream way to go out would be a guy that's been doubted heavily. This kind of a season. I mean, the football. Especially life, by you, Mark. It'd be one of the me. best. It'd yeah. be one of the best endings ever written in football history. I, it even topped John Elway just because of the way this season has played out for Peyton Manning. And we were at the bar last night, and Ian was there, Shocker. Ian Rappaport, NFL Media <laughs> Insider, and other reporters. And they're like, wow, oh, this is such a quiet week. You know, there's really no stories. And I'm like, literally one of the best players of all time who was benched just three three weeks ago could go out with a Super Bowl title. Like, it doesn't really yeah, get much bigger be watching or better. Game. And oh, by the yeah. way, if they right. win, he's retiring that night. I mean, there's no way he's not going to retire might never that go night. go home. Like, he, He's going to announce his retirement after a 21-17 victory where he throws a touchdown late, and we will be writing posts for four straight days from that stadium. Podcast will start at 3 a.m., TD. So you don't ready. think no. he's in a little bit of a denial and holding out hope that he finds a fountain of youth? He referenced that exact quote. Mm. What if, you know, Belichick's going to coach till he's 90, Brady's going to play till he's 70, and what if I find the fountain of youth and play 10 more years? I'm sure it was just a quip, but in the back of an athlete's mind, if his body feels better... Maybe he doesn't want to retire. I feel like he already found that fountain, though. Like, did, did, I mean, he found the fountain of game yeah. manager. He's been, oh yeah, he's been okay in the playoffs, no, and that's year, a big I, step up. The, the last year, the year before that, I mean, how, I mean, how old is he now? He has stretched this out longer than 39? we could have ever imagined. He had one of the greatest offenses ever a couple of years ago, and they made the Super Bowl. You only score eight points with them. The question we've been talking, or I've been talking about, if they lose, will he retire that night? Because I don't think there's any question that he's retiring. I really don't. I just am really concerned for me and for us whether we're going to have to write it that night. And there's a <laughs> Panthers fan, David Ailey, in our office that's worried they're gonna. The Panthers will win, oh. but then Manning will outshine them by retiring after a loss, which is a stupid thing to worry. That about. is what? the most Panthers narrative ever. That they they believe they've been overshadowed after winning the Super Bowl by a player retiring. <laughs> well, what's the best scenario for us? 
Well, the best scenario is right. And Manning says nothing. 50 okay. to 10, it's like 30 to 0 at halftime when we're all already in the locker room writing, you know, getting what a, quotes. One of the, uh, I spoke with Brock Osweiler, and Mark, you have, from what I understand, an all-time feature coming up. Well, well I haven't you know, written it yet, so Somebody writes a feature that gets passed around the internet, and it's like, this is just tremendous work. That's coming from you on Brock Osweiler later this week, correct? Yeah, largely called from pool reports, so it's not <laughs> going to be cutting-edge information, but you're going to want to read it. Well, I spoke to Brock briefly uh, at uh, media night, and he... I'm a brag. I mean, it's literally my job there. And, you know, <laughs> this is what he's dealing with. He's in the Alex Smith situation of a couple of years exactly. ago. Exactly. Uh, when Colin Kaepernick stole his job and went to the Super Bowl. And he, I mean, he, first of all, handsome devil. I mean, we're talking top five uh, hots of the NFL right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, more really? importantly... He's so uh, tall. Less importantly. A little too tall, maybe. Let's too talk much. about that. Yeah, too no, much height. This is what he's dealing with. He's answering <laughs> all the questions all the right way. Uh, but he's also getting guys coming up to him, and this is a real question he got. A reporter goes, "So you know Peyton and the you know nationwide commercials? Oh, no. Would you mind doing like a nationwide song singing about Peyton?" And the guy and Brock was like, uh, "I just want to talk about football." He used uh, that like I was I was huddled around him trying to get he's everything over. I could. He well I think one thing when you're sitting in a quarterback room with Peyton Manning for three plus years. He is one of the more media-savvy players we run into all week. A I little mean, too media-savvy. Maybe a little too media-savvy. I mean, he's very polished, and he couldn't be happier about just being here. I mean, yeah. he doesn't seem, if he's hiding it, he's a great actor. I really don't think he is. He doesn't seem bitter at all about the fate and what he went through this season. Well, I mean, think about it. When he was benched, did anybody think that the, with the way that he was playing and, I mean, what, he had four turnovers, four interceptions in that game that he was benched? Did that could anybody have been the last time he ever took the field. we would be here this week with yeah. Peyton literally no. behind uh, Dan Hansis right now? Right That's over true. your he shoulder. Is, he is looking oh, at He's not you literally behind right now. No, no one even believed. I wish he was. No one that even believed awesome. a week and a half ago that he would be here. No one on this set even picked them to be the Patriots. Right. I mean, this all. I picked them to almost beat the Patriots. Th- this only happened <laughs> Credit. because C.J. Anderson fumbled against the Chargers. The whole thing is bizarre that Brock Osweiler got benched during what was a fine game for Brock Osweiler. A little, it sounds a little bitter, a little thrown of sleaze, thrown yeah. of agony, thrown of apocalypse even. Uh, the way you even describe that. That's the way football works. Did you ever hear the tuck rule? Sometimes stuff happens in the NFL. Greg, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with the tuck rule. All right, let's talk about other news from Media Night. And, uh, Greg, you wrote a piece. Uh, we are in a, a – I don't know if this happens a lot, but it seems especially on the grid this year, we got two teams battling both pulling the nobody respects us card. Oh, yeah. oh, when two teams this. both claim no respect – how is there you, any respect given either way? Like, what does it all mean, Greg? And, and they both are talking that they are the underdogs no one believed in. Chris Harris said it. We deserve more respect. Brandon Marshall said no one's paying attention to them. This is the number one seed of each conference. Literally the best team in each conference all season long. And I think the Panthers especially are confused with what to do now because they realize in their heart of hearts they're 17-1. and one. Everyone expects them to win the game. I was, I was next to Luke Keekley when they asked him the question about it, and they said, well, what do you do now? You've been saying you're the underdog all year, but now, now you're the favorite. And he just, he honestly just got a blank look on his face, and he just said something to the effect of, 
well, it's a football game. We have to try the hardest we could. It was like it totally scrambled his brain. <laughs> Inside Wait. information. Side note, Dan Hansis just had to stop himself from dancing to Call Me Maybe. I saw that. <laughs> I am a big-time Carly Rae Jepsen fan. Her well, latest album, Carly Rae, too. something. Really? Yeah. People love the yeah. new album. Her latest album, Talk about Emotion. no respect. She should be getting a little more tremendous. respect. tremendous. Everybody should check it out. Grab the reins. Um, yeah, so that's going on. Uh, no respect. By the way, if you're 17 and one, you cannot pull that yeah. card. Carly Rae Jepsen doesn't get the respect she deserves because she's a Canadian pop star, and for some reason she's being viewed as a one-hit wonder, even though she's got plenty of hits. Canada, chime in on this. Well, let's get the, the train back on the tracks. <laughs> wow, Christ, sorry. what's going on? I didn't on? realize it would derail that quickly. Wes, I've never seen Wes look more confused. Wes is upset, by the way, because four <laughs> people try to help him. We got right three now. jackets given to us. Super Bowl 50 jackets by uh, Rog. And he's like, oh, where can I get these jackets? So I was like, oh, let's try to help Wes. But because Not Wes couldn't find him, and he, he then came back in a, in a huffy mood because the directions weren't good enough. It's like, how does that work? Well, wait, hold on. There's some spin cycle wait, here because he was trying to help three people by getting jackets for multiple team members. No spin here, buddy. <laughs> That's not how it went down, Dan. Our text chain rings <laughs> off the hook all day long. And it goes ghost ship quiet for like an eight-hour period after I ask for directions on where to go. And then I get two different directions, none of which are true. So I have to stumble around the hotel room all afternoon. And then Greg puts me on blast. So it was a bad it's afternoon. It's a sort of subject. It's one of those things, Wes, a uh, fascinating guy, jovial guy usually, always in good spirits, a great bar guy to hang out with. A great bar a real, guy. A great person. But certain things get him angry, like... When we're in the podcast studio and the wire from the headphones he like, the crosses over his shoulder, he turns into the Incredible Hulk. And the jacket <laughs> thing was another thing. I, I'm over the jacket thing. <laughs> I like. I we're, we're, at Are you? we're at the point in the show where like 15% of it is airing grievances against each other. <laughs> it's like Festivus. That's what this podcast is about. Uh, let's get back to football. Thomas Davis. Uh, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't pass the sniff test for the old Zeuser. Broke his forearm uh, in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Literally broke his arm, had surgery the next day. Now he's back at practice, like nine days later, eight days later. Science Thomas, is amazing. I am not a doctor. <laughs> I, I would like to be a doctor. I am not a doctor, but he's probably going to break his arm again. Yes or no, Greg? No. Oh. He said he's feeling no pain. He <laughs> okay. has very the thing which was strange standing next to him. He has no major cast on it or anything. So maybe it really was just a bone in his arm. I mean, he had surgery. He's got screws in there know. too. He's, I heard him say. Like, at opening night, I have free-flowing use of my hand and wrist. It's not a big deal. We'll find out. I hope he's he right. Tackle. How important is he to JPP their he defensive scheme too. in Carolina? Well, I think over the last three years, he's been just he's been just a notch below Luke Keekley, who gets all the defensive player of the year pub. But Thomas Davis has been Pro Bowl caliber for three straight years. Well, and he was early this year. I don't think he was having a great season. He was the best defensive player on the field in the NFC Championship until he had this injury. He was even it, after the injury. It, well, I don't know oh, about I'm that. Kidding. I think he left the game. But <laughs> he in a, in a game where they dominated, Thomas Davis was the biggest difference maker on the team. Well, the range of Keekley and Davis is what makes that defense special. No other duo of linebackers has that range and closing speed. And in other Carolina Panthers news, let's talk about Cam Newton. This is Cam Newton's big week. It might be Peyton Manning might be the big storyline here but cam newton's the biggest star greg uh you've been uh tracking the cam newton beat pretty close also some high octane ron rivera content i heard you were monopolizing the panthers coach at media night 
Multiple uh, people saying that you were sort of hogging the Rivera almost, almost mic It's literally 60 minutes, and there's hundreds of people there. So if you can get in five or six questions, credit to me. Greg is this year's Al Leiter. <laughs> it was at the very end. Al Leiter, at the end. For those that don't know, Al Leiter, single-handedly, like we're talking about Wooden West can get surly, Al Leiter at the New York Super Bowl nearly drove West. I'd say drove him to drink, but he didn't need Al Leiter for that. But it was Al Leiter elbowing his way past you, the former uh, left-handed pitcher in baseball. Yeah, you know, it just felt like he was the biggest show in town, so mm. he had to get the interview with everyone waiting 20 minutes. didn't matter to him. Mm. To me, Uh-oh. Cam Newton this week, you want to talk about good-looking quarterbacks. He's got to be in the top five. In person, oh, like, absolutely. I, think he, I think even more striking. But he, he seems so— This is so- like his wedding, too, by the way. Like, I feel like he mm. is, he is mm. so happy in the spotlight, and yes. he knows— how, Like, he's so confident— and he is so good looking, and he shows up, and he knows everybody's looking at him, and, yeah. and he's walking down the aisle essentially. You say it's he like his wedding. I, yeah, I see it as his coronation. Like, if this goes to a situation where they handle the Broncos easily, and he plays out of his mind like he's been doing all year, I think he'll be without a doubt seen as the biggest star in football. I think this maybe the this biggest star in sports. Like he maybe get, or at least getting to that point that some of the NBA guys have. But the thing I liked watching him talk is that when people serve him a softball question. He doesn't necessarily take it and just give the cliched answer that every player says. And that's what we say we want. They asked him some question about, isn't it great how Ron Rivera lets the personality shine? That's been a big narrative this week. He lets his players be who they are. And Cam Newton said, I don't know if that helps us. I don't think that really matters. The only thing that matters is the four to six seconds when the play is happening. Those are the four to six seconds. And you guys want to talk about everything that happens after those four to six seconds, whether, and you can think with Cam Newton, he has the experience, the towel on the head or his clothes or his dancing or whatever. And he was making the point, what we do in those four seconds and our 11 players playing together, that's why we're here. It has nothing to do with our locker room and and who has more personality because the Patriots are a great team. They have no personality. It's about the football. I mean, did you scamper back over to Rivera for a couple follow-up questions based on what Newton had said he He's wasn't a, slamming Rivera he was just making a point well, about the media you just had this you know, this unlimited access to NFL head coaches By calling I wanna... it scamper has a very negative connotation He's an well, interesting that's what the guy. Of this show is today apparently <laughs> that was a fascinating answer from him on the four to six seconds and everything else is fluff he's an interesting guy and I think it's a shame I've been so disappointed the last couple of weeks that the sports writers and television in this country have have let the lowest faction drive the conversation when they could be talking about stuff like this. Hmm. I like that. Huh. Wes sometimes just drops a hammer and we just need a couple seconds to react We're just to marinating it. in yeah. that for a minute. Let the bomb blast I think settle. You can, I think you can find him an interesting person, a good football player, be slightly annoyed at his first down dance, sure. and you can reconcile all those opinions into one and a nuanced look on Cam Newton. Is uh, there anyone specifically that you are launching this uh, yeah, attack yes. against? Yes. Names. Uh, well, actually, very a lot of very specific people, but I'm not going to call them out. And I right won't now. call, I won't name names either, Wes. But when we were sitting on the media bus going to Super Bowl opening night, there were some like longtime sneaky Wes adversaries also on the bus. I had hoped potentially Wes was going to air out some dirty laundry. It didn't happen. I don't really have any adversaries other than Outlighter. It's at, kind of in my mind. Night. It's mostly in my mind. <laughs> There are a couple guys. It's in your see, fantasies. I, I, You'd love the idea of Wes getting in a fight on absolutely. a bus with multiple journalists. Wait, doesn't that sound like the coolest thing ever? Just oh, that'd be cool. Way up, you you lock yourself in at easily number two on the common man rankings. 
with a uh, I, fist I fight I would take Wes, too, basically in any fight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wes is thickly built. He could drop a hammer with his fist if he needed to. Yeah, he played with cinder blocks as a kid. That's right. <laughs> that's true? <laughs> Something I say. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's what's going on with you have any other anything else you want to say? That, I'm a, I think Wes said it all. He did it all. You guys ready for this? Uh, two things. This Brock Osweiler feature, Mark. Highest of the high octane. Again, haven't written it yet. Can't Greg. guarantee anything. <laughs> Greg, you're Ron, Rivera, Ron Rivera think piece. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make Ron shine. I got my cold, cold play think piece coming up. You've got your view from the 50 blog. By Why the way, big. we have this, too. Party night. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, hey, now. Real They're quick. Real. Let's talk about this. Uh, Colleen brought Colleen. props. Do you, do you want to? <laughs> yeah. All we right. were talking about Colleen. That bag's open. <laughs> that would have been so For unfortunate. For our listeners, Colleen has brought her the liquid IV hydro- hydration multiplier. Colleen, yes. Colleen, in a way, to because Super Bowl week is really a, a battle uh, because you're not only working a lot, you're, you're playing a lot, if you will. Colleen likes to work hard, play hard. That's, exactly. That's Connie Fox's uh, life credo. Hydrate so hard. So I need liquid IV. So I, you said, I think this came up maybe on a prior show, that you were going to bring a bag of liquid IV. This company, which, you know, it sounded dubious to me. And I was like, well, is it FDA approved? This, and this was like at the airport. You, we were all sitting there waiting he for was our really, flight. He was really raining and on your parade. He's no, like, no, and no, he's no. reading it aloud, and he's mocking the picture of the guys who, I guess, founded it. Well, it's two bros from Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but my concern is because I do care about you, Connie Fox, was is this FDA approved? And I'll hold it up here for the YouTube. <laughs> all my papers fall. Uh, the YouTube audience. Uh, this is a company, uh, Liquid IV Bros, based out of Santa Monica. and It looks official, So I went of. looking for an FDA label because I want you to be safe. Right. And we got the ORS has cleared it, which is the Oral Rehydration Solution. Oh, that's what this is called. Wait. It meets World Health Organization standards. <laughs> yes. That's not a real thing, Who? Colleen. Yes, it is. And I, I'm holding this bag, and half of it is gone. I know. And it's only I, Tuesday. Does it work? I want to believe. I don't know if it works or not. Is but it a placebo? Am, I'm buying <laughs> right. in. Right. It's regardless. essentially like a like a cough it, drop or it's something. Like, it's Maybe like you should cut back on your drinking. Pedialyte. I've tried Pedialyte <laughs> before. Listen, I'm chronically dehydrated. It's for athletes. I'm athletic. Chronically dehydrated. You're athletic. All right, let's get <laughs> in. Let's, that let's works. Talk a little. What's more likely, guys? I'm falling apart over here. Um, <laughs> what's more likely, a game uh, where you should we should use that. Yeah, take this back, okay? All right. I, if, catch. I don't want anything on my conscience. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Okay. So what's more likely uh, where we, we throw out? Do we, ha- do we have our, our what's more likely theme? What's more likely? Mm. There it mm. is. How beautiful is that? Uh, we will throw out two options. Let's go around the horn here. Uh, but we will, Colleen, we'll get to you, even though you're first in order. Uh, just hang tight, okay? Okay. Do you, have you thought of one yet? I'm I'm still thinking a little bit. Okay. But we'll I think s- I got one. We'll start with the sizzler, the quiet storm. Throw throw out a what's more likely, bud. All right. What is more likely? A. Brock Osweiler plays meaningful snaps in Sunday's Super Bowl, Ooh. or around the NFL editor Greg Rosenthal retires from NFL media to kick off and start up his passion project. A women's tennis blog called Courts of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an awesome movie, Courts of Thunder. I, I would like that. I think it's more likely that Greg quits his job to start his tennis blog. He doesn't know this, but we know he has another Twitter account, and it's all tennis. 
And mm. one day the three of us all followed him at no. the same time. I did notice that, and then I deleted that account like a year ago. Oh, we thought you blocked us. Oh, we, we were thought wondering we blocked what... us. No, because I, really I hadn't used it in a while anyways. I do, too. Uh, I want I'm tennis bummed. analysis from Greg. I, that's what, That was going to be my source for tennis knowledge. Well, it was really just a follow to have a separate feed, but you're right. I had tweeted some out, but I hadn't in like a year. So Do you I, need any reporters gone. or anything? I would love it. <laughs> if I could make money traveling the world and covering tennis, I would love to take on that challenge. That's football has been very good to all of us. That the NFL is here in this place. They don't have this for uh, you know the Stanford Open. <laughs> What's the Stanford Open? Well, uh, that's probably a real event. Isn't it, it is a real event. <laughs> You're sick. Bank uh, of America. The, the answer to the question, classic. by the way, this is simple. I mean, as much as it would be fun to imagine Greg living that life, Peyton Manning's like 700 years old and one of the best pass rushers in football could easily separate his body right in half, and then the backup quarterback comes in. That's more likely, in my opinion. All right, well, good what discussion. If he, what if he plays bad? Like, what if he starts melting down early in the game? I think that would be I think there is any, a, like, sh- any possibility at all. It's yeah, a Super no. Bowl. You would have to if you thought. Right? Yeah. There has to be know. a scenario. But it's such an ugly one to think about because they would have to be down two or three scores by that point. And then could Kubiak even start thinking, do I really want to bench Peyton Manning in his last game. It's hard to imagine happening except for for injury. It will be the toughest situation in Kubiak's career. All right, Wes, you're up. What's more likely? Peyton Manning, known for the last 18 days of his life as the sheriff, apparently. Nickname came out of nowhere. Great nickname. (laughs) He walks off into the sunset with a Super Bowl MVP and retires, or the Broncos have another embarrassing showing and the Super Bowl get blown out just like they were in Super Bowl 48. Mm. Oh, wow. Both are, like, really – that's well, a – Here's the thing. That's hard. It's a good one because Peyton Manning doesn't have to do a lot to win the MVP. The no. biggest thing is the they Manning need to The Manning family win. has shown that in Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. Wow, you seem Touché. a little better. An endless little narrative. Bit totally better. Those are Justin Tuck's trophies. Oh, God. Uh, nice subway campaign, Justin. But really, uh, <laughs> that's a weird heat to be throwing somebody. But uh, – <laughs> Peyton Manning, if he just if he if the Broncos win and he puts up any statistics at all, like literally maybe throws one touchdown and doesn't melt down with turnovers, he'll be the MVP because that's how they want. That's how the story will want to play out. So I think that's more likely, in my opinion, because I, I do I'm starting to think mm-hmm. that son of bum is going to dial something up to keep this game competitive. I think like we it's easy to forget that the last two games that Carolina played, they roared out to massive starts mm-hmm. at home demolishing teams against two of the best teams in the NFL that's fair and so that there is a scenario where the Broncos get wrecked but and again I am I am prone to fall for this but just talking to their players and coaches the last couple it's days, happening I do not think it's going to be a blowout I think it's a different type of team the defense is the number one reason why I don't think it'll be a blowout so I'll go Peyton Manning MVP the enchantment has begun no Wes already is on me for this but he's right <laughs> Can you repeat the second scenario again? The Broncos get blown out. Week. The Broncos get blown out just as they did in Super Bowl 48. Okay. Panthers are out, up, you know, 31 no, to 3 I, at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go with the first one. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I kind of want a different story because I've been almost preparing myself to read this narrative over and over again mm. about Peyton Manning riding off into the sunset, Broncos and everything, whatever. But I think it's going to happen. I think Broncos embarrassment's much more likely. The okay. Panthers are one of the best teams we've we've seen. The Broncos are a good team. I don't think it'll be a blowout necessarily, but I think that's more likely to happen. And if the Broncos do somehow win, 
I don't think it'll be because of Peyton Manning, and maybe I'll have some faith in our writers to pick the right player for once. Go saucy. with Von Miller. A little saucy <laughs> shot at the end there with your, to your colleagues. Colleen, you're up. Okay. Demarius Thomas has more touchdowns than drops or Whoa. or Luke Keekley scores more points, scores, scores, more, scores more than Peyton Manning throws for. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I'll go with Demarius Thomas. I don't think he struggled with drops before this year. It's a mental thing. He's too good of a player to keep doing this. And Luke Keekley, it's already bizarre that he has two straight games with a touchdown. <laughs> right? This I is a bizarre what's more likely. There's a lot going on here. There I think is. you've been drinking too much of that powdered water. <laughs> I've, been I've been thinking about this for a little while. Wait, Demarius Thomas has more TDs than drops, or Keekley throws more TD than Manning throws. Scores. Scores, scores more. more. So like, Keekley so, has so to Keekly score is, more than Manning. Yeah. Which is, would be another game with okay. no touchdowns by Manning. Basically. Right. So yeah. if Manning doesn't throw a touchdown so Keekly and Keekley has, has another pick six, gotcha. then yeah, that's that scenario. Keekley, I'm going to go with the first one. Demarius has more TDs than drops. Ooh. Yeah, it's a blowout. Yeah. It's a blowout. That's somewhat likely to happen, that he could get a, a touchdown and no drops. Keekley scoring more than Manning would be a total embarrassment. Like, like the last. I mean, the odds on that happening are... Are slim, Colleen. Very you really slim. are hateful towards Ver- Peyton Manning right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm uh, just being realistic, Greg. Did everyone offer their I opinion I did not, on but this I one? will go Demarius Thomas. I liked the both scenarios. That was intriguing and, and baffling. <laughs> 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 All right. I'll throw one out there. What is more likely? Cam Newton throws three interceptions or Peyton Manning throws three touchdowns? Ooh, I like Cam Newton throwing three interceptions. Whoa, which he hasn't done all year. I know, but those cornerbacks are so good. I know Chris Harris, he's been struggling a little bit, so hopefully just the time will have healed him, whatever is going on with him, and, like, hopefully it's not something serious. But you look, I mean, those corners, they have Aqib Tlaib, Chris Mm -hmm. Harris, Bradley Roby. They're all really good, solid guys. I could see it happening. If any team was going to be, it'd be the Broncos. So I would go with Cam Newton, three interceptions, too. I mean, he's much more accurate, but he'll have a loose throw or two. He had one in the NFC Championship. It's not been a problem this year. It would have to be a crazy scenario where Von Miller hits his arm while he's throwing, but I could see that. That's more likely. It's also a slim chance of this happening. Very I'm going to shock you guys by saying Peyton Manning. Ooh. Three touchdowns because the Panthers are going to jump out to such a big lead. Peyton Manning's going to be padding his stats in garbage time. Wow. Woo. Heat. A lot of disrespect. Who's Wes going to pick on Thursday show? I, don't I know. think he's Ooh. still deciding. <laughs> I'm going to go Manning three touchdowns because, I, I, you know, throwing three picks for Cam Newton, this is the MVP, and he's playing at the highest level right now. I don't see him That's having three point. turnovers. That would be – a total choke job, and it's just hard to imagine Cam Newton having a choke job. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just have to do it. Finally, Greg. All right, because I didn't want to get into who's picking the games or whatever. Who is the more likely player to be the GOAT on Sunday night? Panthers cornerback Robert McClain Uh or Panthers tackle Michael Orr? Wow. The Panthers, the favorite team. In this scenario, they lose. (laughs) One of the teams... One of those guys is I'm the GOAT. Go. TD's looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, it's a little esoteric. I'll go McLean because, I mean, people don't even mostly know what a tackle did until afterwards. Aver- your average fans don't even aren't even watching tackles. People need to quit picking on Michael Orr. He's not that bad of a player. Pro Football Focus has it out for him. They convinced everyone else that Michael Orr stinks. He's had a good season. 
He's integral to their success. Leave him alone, Greg. I, I think my <laughs> thought is one of these two guys, it wouldn't shock me if they were. Ma Robert McLean, I think, has been the, the worst player and the most harmful player to his team on either of these two teams. He has gotten toasted the last two weeks, and teams are picking on him, and I think it's something to watch. And look, Peyton Manning, he's going to go after whatever receiver is not against Josh Norman. So, I mean, if you have Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas on the other side, they're going to have Robert McLean there. So that's what's, I mean, I could see that happening. Mm. Good what's more likely, guys. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Zeuser. Thanks, so Dan. That is, yeah, that is Tuesdays Around the NFL uh, podcast sponsored by our good friend Scott. Scott Trade, Colleen. I mean, you've done it again. You've said it all. I have. And uh, I should mention again, we are planning, and I still reserve the right to cancel it, uh, at any moment, a tweet up <laughs> on Friday night here in San Francisco for any uh, around the NFL listeners that want to meet with the heroes, uh, Colleen included, maybe TD will join us. TD kind of is a little slippery during these league events. It's hard to track him down. Yeah. You'll just see him walking down a, a dark uh, like street with his beats on and his long pea coats. <laughs> like, I think he, he's convinced he's on like the set of the wire sometimes. But um, <laughs> Do we know where this meetup is? We haven't figured out where the meetup is. Well, what the heck? Well, we that's, oh, that's fluid. Hit us up at ATN, hashtag ATN meetup if you want to join us. We want to get an idea of how many people, people have uh, been, might people do have been this. People have been coming at us. Where do we will, think we are numbers-wise right go. now? It will be in downtown San Francisco or, you know, in the general area. I mean, it's not going to be I've estimated at roughly 50 people so far. Well, that's that would good. be worth doing. I mean, we'd... Yeah. I would I would veto you canceling it if we had 50 people. I feel like we're probably going to do it <laughs> on our own it. anyway. I will sabotage it and so. then declare vengeance on all of you. We'll be out <laughs> if you all want to join us. Right. Uh, that's on you. All right. So that's it. We will be back Thursday with another show here from Radio Row. Uh, but until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Connie Fox, Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, and Tate Date behind the bar. Don't Thursday. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Wish Move the Sticks. Bucky, tell everybody what they can expect on this latest Move the Sticks episode. Well, obviously, we're going to talk about Super Bowl 50, preview it from each side, but we also get a chance to get into the Senior Bowl, some of the top prospects. Who stood out to you and to me while we were down in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, you can check out the podcast on iTunes. NFL.com slash podcast as well is on YouTube. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.